Welcome to the Finley Capital Podcast, where we discuss real estate investing and the hard money lending process. So recently I attended a real estate investor group meeting down in Indiana. It was in Goshen, Indiana, over by the South Bend, Mishawaka, Elkhart area where we do a lot of loans. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I noticed during this inter this meeting was a really interesting meetup. Basically it was called, come see what a 100K flip looks like, which is pretty okay. neat. So the owners of the flip invited everybody over to the house and they basically laid out in the kitchen in a presentation style format, the details of the deal. And it was really interesting to see how they had bought this house for $80,000. They put, you know, 70 grand into it and then they sold it for 300 or something. It was a great flip. Mm -hmm. And as they went around, they started with talking about where they found the deal, how they, you know, how they got in touch with the seller. And then they t started talking about how they financed the deal with a hard money loan. They talked about the renovation process and then they talked about their decisions. And, you know, it was for, for an investor or an aspiring investor, it was the place to be, you know, mm -hmm. really interesting and, and cool. But one of the things that I noticed during the meeting, during the presentation was when it came time to talk about the financing and the hard money loan process, that's where all the eyebrows got raised. A lot of people were really, really interested in understanding that process. And I also noticed I was kind of standing around in the back. I also kind of noticed that most of the investors there didn't understand how it worked. Make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So I want to talk about that today. I want to help to answer some of the questions that a lot of those people had at that meeting that they never really had a chance to, to get too deep into. Uh, the buyers or the owners of that house, I guess, had called several hard money lenders and they procured a lender from Texas, which is interesting. But, you know, there's hard money lenders all over the country. And it's just really a matter of who you can find and who, who you can deal with and things like that. But it also sounded to me like they were a broker because they had to clear the transaction with a third party and, they, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. But here's what I noticed. They were trying to explain to the audience how they had funded the deal and what the structure of the, the costs were, but also the structure of how the money flowed. And that's where a lot of people got confused because they said, we basically did this with almost no money down. And people, a couple of people in the audience said, well, wait a minute, is that exactly how it happened? Or, you know, how did this go? Because there was some skepticism or, or just lack of clarity in that regard. So here's how their loan went and here's how a typical loan goes and certainly mm -hmm. for the loan that we do and this is something that an investor listening hopefully can listen to this and then understand more about the actual uh engineering of the money moving okay so i'll give you just an example i'll just make it up in my head when you borrow money to buy to fix and flip a house you're typically borrowing money to purchase the house and then money to renovate the house now you get one loan but the loan is really broken up into those two parts, the purchase acquisition part and then the renovation or reposition part. So the first thing that happens is as a, as a borrower or as, an, as a lender, either way, you need to look at and underwrite those three factors, the purchase price, the renovation budget, and then the after repair value. Now, from there, you kind of reverse engineer, okay? You typically will ask for to borrow and, and to lend a percentage of the purchase price. And that can be anything from zero to a hundred, right? But that's typically the first part of the equation. So in a, in a typical scenario, you're looking at it, depending on a lot of times, it depends on what lender you're talking to. It depends on your experience oftentimes, because sometimes lenders will, will uh, increase or decrease their exposure based on your experience level. Mm -hmm. Some do, some don't, but let's just say, 
that the borrower, the lender that you're dealing with said they will lend you 90% mm -hmm. of the purchase price. Okay. Which means very simply that they're going to lend you 90,000. If the house is, you're going to buy the house at a hundred, they'll lend you mm -hmm. 90,000 and then you need to come up with 10,000. Right. So right there, put that on your line item that you're going to need 10,000 mm -hmm. as your down payment, just like any home purchase. Like you typically have a down payment in this mm -hmm. scenario, you're going to need 10,000. You're going to borrow 90. Now let's say that the renovation budget is $50,000 mm -hmm. and you've dialed that in pretty well. You have a really clear scope of work. It includes some contingency for unknowns. Really you think it's 40, but you're putting 50 down there to be safe. That kind of thing. Right. Your lender has underwritten that scope of work. They've looked at the photos. They've looked at the video that you presented to them and they concur. They concur that you need about 10,000 in flooring. You need about 5,000 in paint. You got two new bathrooms and you got to do some siding repairs and da, 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 da. So they've underwritten your scope of work to kind of give you a second look to make sure they feel like what you're, what you've estimated is in line with what they see industry standards and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that number has been clarified again, depending on a lot of factors, borrower experience, uh, location condition, all kinds of different things. The percentage of that repair budget is determined for the loan. Now, in many cases, you'll see a loan that does 90% of the purchase, 50% of the repairs, all the way up to 100% of the repairs, and then sometimes 0%. Sometimes mm -hmm. the borrower just doesn't want to borrow that money. They have the money. Right. They don't want to pay interest on borrowing money that they already have or whatever. But in this scenario, let's say 90% of purchase, 100% of repairs. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that formula looks like this. 100,000 times 90% equals 90,000 plus 50,000 times 100% equals 50,000. 90,000 plus 50,000 equals 140,000. So the last piece of the puzzle, if you will, is you got to look at the after repair value mm -hmm. and then apply a ratio to that number. Make sure that the loan amount falls inside that ratio. Mm -hmm. Now this is your, this is your lender doing this underwriting, but it should also be you as the borrower as well. Right. You follow? Mm -hmm. So the borrower and the lender look at these deals in a very similar lens because the borrower wants the deal to be profitable. And the lender wants the deal to be profitable for the borrower. So the borrower's risk is lower. Right. Okay. So for example, if the after repair value on that house is 140,000 and your borrower's got a pro forma that thinks he's going to need 150,000 to get it where he needs to go, it's a bad loan. Mm -hmm. It's a bad investment. Absolutely. So obviously that's common sense, but right. now from a standardization standpoint, we look at the after repair value, mm -hmm. apply a formula to that and make sure that the total loan amount for the borrower does not exceed a certain ratio of that after repair value. Right. We can talk about those numbers later. That's not the point. The mm -hmm. point is there's a formula. Okay. So let's say everything checks out in this deal. Mm -hmm. You got a $40,000 repair budget or excuse me, a $50,000 repair budget. You got a hundred thousand dollar purchase price and you know, your loans 140,000. Mm -hmm. Now this is where everybody started to get lost at the meeting. Okay. Okay. So let's break it down. So in, in, again, every lender is different, but many, most lenders in, in a lot of cases, they charge origination fees. Right. Now, when you charge a fee as a percentage point, typically, or a flat rate of the loan amount, and that's part of the cost of borrowing money. A fee can be charged in one of two ways. They can either charge for it upfront and collect it upfront, mm -hmm. or they can charge for it at the end and collect it at the end. Many lenders, we as an example, always charge our loan origination fees up front. Right. So what that means is 
uh, you as the borrower have to pay the fees to borrow the money at the beginning. So when you're talking to a lender, you need to ask the lender whether you need to, the fees are going to be charged at the beginning or at the end. Right. Because if they're charged at the beginning, it means you're going to have more cash out of pocket. Right. So let's say that you're, I don't know, it doesn't matter, but let's just say it was, uh, four grand was your loan origination fee, whatever, mm-hmm. just making that number up. Now that's going to be a line item on your closing statement when you purchase. Right. Let's say there's a processing fee or any other kind of fees. Let's just say fees and put a total number on it. 4,000 bucks, which means that now you're going to need to come up with the 10,000 for the down payment plus another 4,000 for your closing fees. Mm-hmm. There's one other layer to that as well. There's two other layers. The next layer is some lenders collect interest up front. Yes. Okay. Many lenders do. We do. So let's say your loan is for six months and let's say your payment's 1400 bucks a month. Six months of that is going to be what also you're going to have to pay up front. Mm -hmm. So now you're at 10,000 plus 4,000 plus whatever that is. I don't know. Six, 7,000. So you could be in theory, 20 or $21,000 out of pocket on this loan before you've started. In addition to the closing fees from the title company, thousand bucks, 2000 bucks, whatever. The point here is not to scare you. The point is to help you to understand that a loan with a 90% of your purchase price and 50 and hundred percent of your repair budget still requires some cash down at the beginning. Right. That's what a lot of those borrowers didn't understand. And a lot of those borrowers that are in that room are brand new or they're aspiring investors. They haven't actually done a deal yet. And they're probably just thinking like a traditional mortgage, how that would, how it work mm-hmm. or harm my own loan, even though it is mortgage, it's a little different, a little different. Yeah. yeah. More upfront typically. Yeah. But even if, even if the lender that you're dealing with doesn't charge the fees and the points up front, that's fine. It doesn't matter. It's just, you need to know because you're going to pay them either way. You're going to pay them at the beginning. Or you're going to pay them at the end. Now, a lot of people say, well, I'd rather pay them at the end. Okay. I get that. Cause you don't yeah. have to put as much money out of pocket, but you're yeah. paying them either way. Right. So calculate them into your analysis mm-hmm. is the point. Now here's where it gets a little bit more confusing. Mm-hmm. And this is where everybody didn't understand. Okay. When you borrow money to make repairs in a hard money loan, those repairs funds are always held back in escrow. Almost always. Mm-hmm. Not always. Nothing's almost always. Or nothing is always. I'm just using typicals. General examples. Thank you. So typically, the repair budget is held back in escrow. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's held back in escrow is very simple. It's because no hard money lender wants to write a loan close on the loan and then just distribute $50,000 because Mm -hmm. this loan might've cost you $20,000 out of pocket to close. Right. If I release you 50 grand the next day before you've worked on that house, you could take that 30 K split and run. Right. And now you have Nigerian scams every day of the year. Yep. You follow? Yes. So that's why they hold the money back in escrow. Mm -hmm. But what that means for you as a borrower is that if you've borrowed money to do renovations, Mm -hmm. And you're going to get those those funds released back to you in draws. Mm-hmm. That means that you first have to outlay repairs into the building. Right. This is where it gets confusing. So let's say you have a $50,000 renovation budget and you're going to get your renovations released to you in four draws. Mm-hmm. You know, 15, 15, 10, 10. What that means is you got to come up with $15,000 in renovations into the house. Right. Then once you've done that, you got to go to your lender and say, here's pictures, here's receipts, here's proof of payment, here's yeah. progress. The lender will underwrite that and then they'll release the 15 back to you. Mm -hmm. So now you've gone out of pocket 15, you've gotten 15 back. Right. You do that again, out of pocket 15 more, 15 comes back. Mm -hmm. You go out of pocket 10, 10 comes back, 10, 10 comes back. 
So at the end of the day, you get your 15,000 back when you're done with the project before it sells. Right. But you had to have the 15 to do the first amount of repairs. Right. And that's where it gets really tricky because mm-hmm. people think they're lending, they're borrowing 100% or they, they don't understand before they do this loan or they buy this property what they need. And then all of a sudden they're they're panicking on day one because yeah. they're looking for money to start paying contractors. And the lender's saying, well, what have you done? This is why in our term sheet, we built a beautiful term sheet. I love my term sheet. Yeah. I love it because it spells out the terms of the loan, black and white. So it tells mm-hmm. you what, what the loan costs you over a certain period of time. It shows you what your closing fees will be with the title company. Mm-hmm. But then it takes this little formula and wraps it all up and totals up exactly how much cash you as the investor will need for the deal. Mm-hmm. Everybody who, who has seen my term sheet for the first time, they say how much they appreciate that. It's not only a term sheet, but it's also a budget sheet. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's yeah. a budget. It's a term sheet and a pro forma. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yep. Because on the bottom of the term sheet, it has a little pro forma analysis yeah. that shows you based on your after repair value and then your estimated closing fees to sell, mm-hmm. your holding cost based on this loan, your origination fees based on this loan, yep. your renovation budget based on your request and your acquisition price. Mm-hmm. It shows you what you're projected to make in net profit. Which, Which is like cool. I said before, yeah, it's really cool. You think of any other other loan or any hard money loan company, like where would you get that? You wouldn't. Yeah, you don't typically see that yeah. analysis as much. I look at it. I do it for two reasons. Number one, I do it uh, so the so the borrower can have a better understanding of their deal. Right. And then of course I look at it as the as the lender to see to make sure it's a profitable deal or, right. or should be. You know, a lot of these times these cash on cash returns for the investor are in the hundred to hundred ten percent range. Yeah. In other words, they're going to put 20000 out of pocket in the whole deal, and they're going to make $35,000 or something. Yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah. I love these kind of loans. I love doing these kind of deals as both a lender mm-hmm. and a borrower because as a borrower, you can do a deal that takes you $20,000 out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Four months later, is going to net you a $35,000 gain. Mm-hmm. That's pretty powerful. That is. You know? A lot of times people say, I heard a couple people in that room saying, well, you had to pay this lender. And I just kept thinking to myself, hey, I, I get that logic of not wanting to pay interest to a right, lender. Right. But those lenders are the ones, those hard money lenders are the ones making these deals happen. So you could yeah. make a hundred grand on the flip. Yeah. You know, these guys had whatever they had out of pocket. They made a hundred grand on this deal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what they paid the lender to do it. Right. Because if they don't have the capital to do it themselves, your lender becomes your partner. Right. And it's just not an equity partner. So like these cool. investors aren't looking at the bottom line. Like the, the whole scope of the, the ROI on this. Well, just there's only always one or two in the crowd that are skeptical about that kind of thing. Understandably. It's, it's just a different mindset. You know, uh, I, when you have a mind, you have to open your mindset when you're mm. investing in real estate and you're leveraging money because there's, there's a cost of capital, mm. right? And it, it yields you a positive gain at the end. In other words, right. if you don't borrow money to make money, you don't make money. Right. You follow that? Right. If you don't borrow money and pay, if you don't pay a lender for the privilege of borrowing money, you can't leverage that into more money. Exactly. So really the question isn't whether you should lend, borrow money. The question is, um, just understand how you're doing it and understand Mm -hmm. why it's important. Now, if you got a million dollars laying around, you Mm -hmm. don't borrow money, you invest your own capital. Right. You follow. Uh, but the project, interestingly enough, the project return is usually lower. Gotcha. From an ROI standpoint. So you can leverage hard money and make a lot of money on the deal. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was really interesting. I wanted to share that with you mm-hmm. and the and the listeners because mo- and actually it just happened the other day. I had a loan application come in and mm-hmm. I ran the term sheet and then the guy re- responded and said, Why is this why is this number so high? And I explained it to him. And he said, Well, I don't have that much. Uh, 
And I said, well, man, I'm glad we had this discussion. Yeah. I said, you know, find a partner mm-hmm. or don't do the deal. Right. Find a partner who has some capital that can help you. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I guess I, I got to keep working. And I said, hey, that's a bummer because I'd love to have done this loan for you. Yeah. And I'd love to have seen you make the money. But if you need $20,000 or $16,000 to, to do a deal right. and you got six, no, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna, gonna be tough. Be tough. The, yeah. that's a high risk. High risk. It's it's not even gonna it's not gonna work. You you don't have the capital to do the deal that you're trying to do, mm-hmm. and that's why I hate to lose a loan. But I I really would rather lose a loan and help a young investor to see what they need to do to be successful. You're protecting yourself and you're protecting them at the same time. Definitely, yeah. and then guiding them to the right sources or right resources that they need to potentially come back and be able to invest in that property. And then you get one of two responses from that situation. Mm-hmm. You got to you have a, a problem solver or a quitter. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. the guy that quits and says, "I can't do this. This doesn't work." Or yeah. very simply, that guy goes out and says, "Okay, I need. I'm ten thousand short. Where, where do I find that? Right. Do I get a line of credit with Lowe's, or do I find a partner that comes right. in and you know mentors me on the deal mm-hmm. and takes some equity, and then we borrow the money from together, or you know you solve problems." Right. But being a good real estate investor is really all about solving problems. Mm-hmm. It's about figuring out what you need to get done, doing your due diligence, doing your research, and then coming up with a way to make it happen. Right. And that's what hard money, that's why hard money is so beautiful. I love hard money. Mm-hmm. It's such an awful name, but it's such a great product. Yeah, it does you know? have a weird connotation I know, to it's it. So, that's yeah. all. We should call it sweet money. Sweet money. <laughs> <laughs> it call, it, we just call it, yeah, yeah. I can't even think of a term for that right now. No, it's good. It's good. And you know, like, just this week, I've stopped by a couple projects that, that Finley Capital is financing in Michigan. Uh-huh. And it's just so, so rewarding and fulfilling yeah. to watch siding go up. Yeah. You know, to watch kitchens get remodeled, to watch a new bathroom go in and know yeah. that we're funding that for that investor. And that investor is going to do well on that deal and improve the neighborhood and all those things. I think it's cool seeing the final project, like seeing the before and after that, because some of these, you know, they're, they're in nice neighborhoods or nice houses. You can just, you can tell like they have good bones to them and whatnot. But once they're flipped and, and taken care of, mm-hmm. it, it's really amazing what can be done. Yeah. And right now, you know, who knows how the market will be in the future. But right now, you know, almost every flip that I fund mm-hmm. when they're selling them, not refinancing, yeah. I get a call. Hey, we're putting the house on the market. Just here's the listing just to show yeah. it to you. Yeah. And I, two days later, sold it over asking price. Every yeah. one of them. Yeah. You know, the market is just insane. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're in the right areas and you're doing the right projects and you're doing, you know, you're creating good value and good condition and things. These, these renovations are selling quickly. Yeah. So that's exciting to see. Success really is cool. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, rad. Anyway, hopefully anybody listening to this got a good understanding of the point, which is when you're analyzing your deal, make sure you understand exactly how much cash you will be required to inject into the deal before you commit to the deal. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, if you're, if you have a deal, you're curious, you're not sure what your cash out of pocket will be, send it over to us. We'll, we'll underwrite it for you. No problem. Just to take a look at it. Even if we can't do the loan for any reason, I'll help you to analyze it just from an, from a borrower standpoint, from an yeah. investor standpoint and see what, what you're looking at. And hopefully that'll help.